I'm just gonna come out and say it. I made myself a playlist for when I take a sh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, if you've heard the song Madness by Muse, you know, sing, sing it to yourself. I have finally seen you. You know the song. That, hands down, it gets the poop out so smooth. I just. I'm astonished by how effective that song is every time. I mean, Patrick, this guy's making me sick. Well, it's more than a song, it's. It's a representation of who I am, especially when I'm pooping, because we don't even get into that. Uh, um, I think my uh, hot pockets are actually down in the microwave, so I'll be right back. Where did he go? Those were my hot pockets. I just, just got nervous. Um, let's talk about today's episode. What episode are we on? Oh, it doesn't matter. Get off. Woo! There are no episode numbers. Uh, well, what do we have planned for this one? I don't even. Hey, no joke, buddy. You suck. I don't. I didn't come prepared for this. I don't have anything to say. Um, I think someone's knocking at my door. I'll be right back. That was a lie again. I'm just nervous. Today, we're going to be getting into more stories. Uh, let me pull up my actual plans because I do have plans, okay? We're going to be engaging with some wonderful... And... Alright, let's let's go over these stories we're going to be chatting about today. So, I believe we do have a wonderful story about a grassroots concert. Now, I for one love grass and... For two, I love roots. So when you combine the two, that's just a perfect sandwich. That's that's a club sandwich. That's a D'Angelo's club sandwich. And when you combine the elements in a sandwich, you create something that transcends the mediums. So you take a piece of lettuce, right? I don't want to eat lettuce. I don't care about lettuce. I'm not just going to eat lettuce like I'm a bunny rabbit. But if you take lettuce... Throw some cheese on there. You might say, cheese? Cheese is a little different, but it's okay. You just keep mixing these elements. Throw some meat on there. If you're vegetarian, maybe some tofu. And then you throw some bread. Now bread, bread ties the sandwich together. And the bread of this story, meaning the intro and the end, you gotta eat the bread of your own story because nobody else is going to, um, nobody else is going to eat them for you, so. Let's get into this grassroots concert, and um, I forget what the other one is, so I guess it'll be a surprise uh, what the next story is, but I can tell you it's going to be a good one. Um, yeah, not much else to say here. Another, another episode, I believe this is my last episode that I have to record, so I guess this is goodbye. I guess we'll never talk again. I guess that voice in your head that sounds like me will never appear again. And that is that a scary thought? It, or is that a relieving thought? I guess it depends on what you think. I'm gonna stop talking now. Here are the stories. You're tuned into the Soundplay podcast, and if my name was George, you could call me Lucas. See you there.
I set up the stage. There's like a twinkle lights. There's a banner. My daughter and I, we just like painted grassroots concerts on like a sheet we had downstairs and like pinned it up. It was really like really homey looking. <laughs> and I don't think we even had a tent. So we like set up chairs. This was all pre-COVID, like we could be together. Um, I set a little fire in the fire pit and uh, we had popcorn and I made brownies and yeah, we just like strung twinkle lights all over our yard and I bought a PA system, so it was kind of loud. This is Melanie Hydorn describing her first open mic night in her backyard. Friends, family, and neighbors came together to share their musical talents. This wasn't just a one-time event or party. This was the start of Grassroots Concerts, Melanie's mission to create a safe platform for new local artists to share their gifts. This is a place that Melanie has long wanted to be in. You know, I remember sitting like at my parents' speakers with the record player and the CD player next to each other and I would just like lay on my belly and listen to the music with the headphones on and look at the liner notes and then, you know, moving into high school, going to Best Buy to buy CDs and then listen to them in the car. Yeah, and then I just remember music always stopping me in my tracks. Despite being drawn to music, Melanie never took a chance to pursue it. She was just too shy to get on stage. Years pass, she got married and had a couple of kids. But then, as she homeschooled her children and watched them discover their passions, she couldn't help but think about what she wants. It always comes back to music. I always dreamed of being a part of that, but it never felt like a possibility. It didn't feel like a possibility, but music was always on her mind. I was waiting tables and someone was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I, it was a, just a moment that it came out of my mouth. Like, I was like, oh, I want to sing songs. And I just didn't even, it wasn't a conscious thought. It just came out. And that's when I took it seriously enough to hire a vocal coach and, you know, do something about it. So she did. She met Belle, and together they came up with the idea of hosting open mic nights. This way, Melanie would have a place to share her work and support the work of others. So she ran with it, and the first concert took place in September 2019. Somebody told me once, dream on, dream on. And it was so amazing to see people who I knew and maybe didn't know perform, and they were all incredible and, you know, all at different levels, but unique and expressive in their own ways. And it was just such a, an amazing ex experience that, you know, it, be it became clear that people needed it or wanted it and felt good about it. It was not just a physical performance space that Melanie created in grassroots concerts. It was also for people to share their work in a safe, supportive environment. It's mostly just that people can expect that if they perform, it's going to be a supportive crowd. Like, we're not going to heckle or judge. I, that just felt really important to me. Like, I'm a pretty baby musician. And so if I'm going to learn how to be out in the world as a musician, it's, it's a nice way to step into that and feel 
kind of like an incubator almost. It's just, yeah, you can just like grow into whoever you are. That safe space for performers, with the twinkle lights and homemade banner, soon became a monthly event. When temperatures dropped in October 2019, Melanie added space heaters and blankets to keep people warm. Later, Melanie was able to move performances to a yoga studio, the Salty Buddha, thanks to Tony, the owner. In this new space, Melanie began to see her passion project in a new light. That night really clinched it for me in terms of like the artistry of the people who were performing. Like all these people who I had like seen around town and the friends I have that I had never really seen perform. The whole vibe sort of shifted and felt like elevated in a, in a new way. There were plans to find a more permanent space in Salem as Melanie worked to keep up the creative energy. But then, in March 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic began to sweep across Massachusetts. Governor Baker enacted a statewide lockdown. Melanie could no longer hold grassroots concerts, either in the Salty Buddha or in her home. As the lockdown dragged on, Melanie decided to make a major change to the space. She decided to take grassroots concerts online through live Instagram videos of artists performing in their homes. I think it was a month in or so that it was like, like I miss music, like I bet other people miss music, you know? Yeah, so it was really cool to see, see how that morphed into something else entirely. Because a virtual space is a space. Through Instagram, she hosted about eight live shows, gaining new followers and recreating that safe space for musicians online. However, the Black Lives Matter protests have put this on pause for now. After postponing some scheduled shows in support of hashtag Blackout Tuesday, Melanie chose to take a step back and learn how she can make grassroots concerts truly inclusive. Even as she is taking space to learn about racial justice and how to use her platform well, her desire to continue with the concerts remains the same. Creating spaces helps people to show up for themselves. You might have this idea, but if you don't have like a thing that you're gonna go express it at, it just kind of can, it can stay as an idea for a really long time or forever. The mission of grassroots concerts a safe, community-oriented space, still sparks Melanie's imagination from hoping to see more people take risks and grow as musicians to eventually creating a community center as an art space for people to come and express themselves. In, in essence, it's creativity and expression that motivates me, and it feel, that feels really important, even in these times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like it's even. I feel like it's even more important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a good antidote, I think, to all the stress we're in. For WMWM ninety one point seven and the Soundplay podcast in Salem, Massachusetts, I'm Sarah Eshelman. Special thanks to Lyd Lewin and Garrett Brown 
for their musical contributions to this episode. Oh my god, Justin, at the other day... Alright, gang. Oh Alright, folks. Little... I'm gonna need a... Hey! If you're excited like, to hear a story about a karate business in the pandemic. I said, I'm gonna need a... Hey! If you guys are excited to hear about a karate business in the pandemic. Stop, stop treating people like that, you know? It's a birthday party, not... not hey, gang. I'm gonna need a... Hey! There we go. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. I like that audience interaction. So let's, uh, let's say we, we get this thing cooking. Let's say we get this thing jamming, huh? Let's do it. It is a Saturday morning at Review Karate Academy. The workout portion of the children's yellow and orange built class has just begun. The students are running laps, stopping on command to do kicks and punches. Half an hour of exercises and stretches is followed by half an hour of material. Today's lesson is self-defense techniques. The students work with partners, practicing counters against punches, grabs, and kicks. But today is slightly different. There is excitement in the air. The studio, owned and ran by Grandmaster Doreen Dorienzo, is nearing its 40th anniversary. The children's classes will be celebrating with cake. In just a few weeks, nearly 300 present and former students of all ranks will attend a special ceremony at Casa Lucia, a revere function hall rented out for the occasion. In attendance will be some of Doreen's original students from when she first opened up the studio. Doreen opened Revere Karate Academy in 1980 with her then-husband. For 40 years, her school has been the staple of Revere community. Over this time, she estimates that she has taught over 33,000 students. She has hosted the International Karate Championships in Boston in 2013 and 2018, and her students have competed and won in numerous championships locally and around the world. For a small business, staying open for 40 years is quite an achievement. It is even more so for a martial arts school, a business that is especially vulnerable to economic changes. During the summers, enrollment drops as families go away on vacations. During economic downturns, it is often one of the first things that people cut out of their budget. This makes the 40th anniversary celebration, scheduled for mid-May, even more special. Good afternoon and thanks March for joining 23rd, us for 22 News at noon. I'm Rich Tedderman. Breaking news, changed. Governor Baker has ordered all non-essential With a number of presumptive positive coronavirus cases here in Massachusetts, more than doubling just since yesterday. Now at Closed for COVID. Non-essential businesses around Massachusetts will shutter their physical workplaces. Local and federal Jason. officials and other governors concerning the fight against COVID-19 and reviewing the orders issued by other states I am issuing the following and just like that, order. the school is shut down, a first in its history. The celebration is postponed and all classes are canceled. But Doreen is not concerned, not yet. What happened initially was um, we only thought we'd be closed for a couple of weeks. So we didn't do anything right away. You know, we said, oh, you know, we'll have to bite the bullet. We'll lose, you know, business for a couple of weeks. We'll be back up in April. But the pandemic does not go away. The lockdown continues as the COVID crisis rages across America. 
Revere Karate remains closed, but it can't do so for long. Spring is usually a busy time at the studio, offering much-needed flow of tuition to help weather the quiet summer months. But now, there's no money coming in, and Doreen has to think fast. My son, Anthony, who he and I uh, run the school together now, he, I said, we got to do something. We got to start using Zoom. And anyway, so we had this uh, long discussion, and then he put up Zoom classes. And initially, we didn't get that many people. We went from having 220 students to having 20. And luckily, we had had such a good beginning of the year that I was able to still pay the bills for um, the studio and keep it going. But that wasn't going to work beyond May, beyond April. Like, but, you know, so um, what I did was I said, okay, we're not getting people back. So I went in and I called everybody. And then we got some people back. We're back up to about 30. Hi, everybody. Are you ready to move? I know I am. It's been too long. Let's see if we can get a few more people signed in before we get really, really moving. But in the meantime, I want you to march. Hands up. Stay with me. Right foot. Left foot. Right. Virtual instruction presents a variety of challenges. Even teaching forms and sets, which involve no contact still requires adjustments. I had to teach almost all their requirements by Zoom. So I had to teach everything, you know, mirror image. And one little boy couldn't get his left and right straight. I mean, and I finally, I said to him, put a sock on one of your feet. So I'd say, move the foot with the sock. And that really helped because I wasn't in front of him. And then in the studio where we would have the typical landmarks, face the lobby, face the the back room, face the front of the room, face the chats, right? Like we have these landmarks. Now, face your teddy bear, look at the kitchen, the refrigerator, you know, so like we had to like adjust and then everybody's in a different kind of room. So there's the lamp in the corner, look at that lamp, you know, so you had to adjust their landmarks for references. The challenge is even greater when teaching techniques. Typically, the students would do these with a partner allowing them to feel how the attacker's body would react to their moves. But now they're on Zoom, and there are no partners to work with. Everyone has to adapt. So much of what we do is physical. You have to simulate some things. For example, how do you teach? Okay, I don't know if you can see me. How do you teach an escape from a two-hand grab from the back? So I have a kid on Zoom. I'm trying to teach him how to get out of that. And I'm going, you know, hold your arms down, step off, push the arm over your head, and then lock it up. So he's looking at me like I have three heads. So I happened to notice he had a sweatshirt hanging in the corner. So I said, put the sleeves over you like that's the person. Lift up his one arm, flip it over, then use the other sleeve to lock it up. And he got the movement. And so Doreen resorts to any trick she can use to stimulate the feel of the body. Pull noodles stand in for limbs when teaching armbars and headlocks. Chairs become legs for practicing knee buckles. Anything the students have around them is used to make the learning more authentic. It felt strange at first, but Doreen says she was excited about the challenge. I liked very much that I had to dig deep into my bag of teaching tricks and kind of reinvent some of the ways and methods that I taught. So it was pretty good. The lockdown resulted in many challenges for Revere Karate Academy, 
but Doreen has also seen positives come out of the pandemic. She has been able to connect with students from Belgium and Brazil, teach online seminars, and conduct virtual belt promotions. Most recently, she conducted an international black belt grading through Zoom. We were able to have an international test board assembled, which was great. You know, we had, you know, um, Grandmaster Velez from Tucson, Arizona to Master John Ward in Dublin. And we had Andy Sepperton from the UK. And, you know, so we had quite an assortment of people that were examiners. It was one of the most beautiful experiences. Ne would have never done it this way. And then I, because I'm a lunatic, you know that already. I had to figure out a way to get everybody their belt and certificate, okay? So I contacted everyone's family and asked if they would be willing to present the belt and the certificate on my behalf. And it was a nice surprise at the end of the grading, just to see everybody's face when they got their belt. They were like, oh my God, they weren't expecting it. Because even that morning, my son, Anthony, who went for sixth degree, he said, how are we gonna get our belts? And I said, I'm gonna tell everyone at the end of the test which was not a lie, right? So um, it was a nice thing. I had somebody present the belts. So The that experience was really with virtual instruction and grading has Doreen rethinking the way she does things. In the future, she hopes to mix virtual and in-person learning for students who usually would travel from far away. Black belt tests will involve high-ranking martial artists from around the world without spending money to gather them all in one place. As for Revere Karate Academy, Doreen remains positive. Many, I think in life, sometimes we just have to be a chameleon. You know, you got to be flexible. You got to change with what's going on. You can, how does that expression go? You know, curse the darkness or light a candle. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like this is a dark time in this world, you know, but I choose to light a candle because I want to keep, I want to keep going. I want to keep teaching. I want to keep moving, you know? So that's just my, that's my outlook. That's my overall outlook. Look, I, can't do it the way I like, but I can still do it. For WMWM 91.7 and the Soundplay podcast in Salem, Massachusetts, I'm Kasper Kruszewski. Yeah, so yeah, there I was, right? I was um, eating a chicken sandwich, <laughs> like I always do. And hey, hey, buddy, what's your name? Steve. Yeah, you? Oh, Steve. Steve? Yeah, Steve. Steve. My name's Steve. Yeah, get out. What, what? I've been causing nothing but a distraction this whole time. Who are, you who are you even talking to? There's no one sitting next to you. My friend. Leave. Okay, I mean it's your function. My God, these people, right? <laughs> anyway, um, let's let's sign you off here. This has been the Sound Play Podcast. I'm your host. Steve Stevenson, and let me just play one of these. Uh, where, where is it? Um, I got one of these little outro tapes somewhere. I just want—I'll put it right in the, the tape player. Oh, there it is. Thanks for listening. The Thank sound you. play. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Can we hear us later? You know what it is. <laughs>